Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. How are you doing? So tell me I'm your, good. tell me your saga. What's your saga? Well, so Wayne, when he was sick, which he still is kind of sick, but like better. I don't know. This seems yes. to linger. Um, but he just has the common cold. I think I texted you. I took him to the pediatrician, like some walk-in and they were, the guy was so rude. Like the most rude person I've ever experienced. Like, I was like, why are you a pediatrician? How is this? Oh, be a nice person. The doctor was or, rude. So rude. Because I brought him in because he like wasn't eating. Um, he was like so congested, had a pretty bad cough. Um, so Mark and I were a little bit worried. So we, I, well, you can only have one person. So I took him in mm-hmm. and the guy was like, does like a little analysis is like, ta- <laughs> like so aggressive with him. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then he's like, he has the common cold. He's fine. And then just like walks off. I'm like trying to ask him questions. He just left. I'm like, oh, okay. Good talk. <laughs> anyway, he's fine now. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's fine. Already, he just has no, but it's stressful enough. Like you're a new mom. Like it's yeah. Wow. So he has it, terrible bedside manner. Such a bad bedside manner. And Wayne is better, like better now, still has cough or whatever but when he was like at his when he was really coughing and like not eating he wasn't sleeping at all through the night so but now like he gets up he's been getting up once but it's at like 5 a.m which is like reasonable because he goes to bed like seven eight o'clock yeah 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 yeah. not today it's like an old person exactly but he woke up at 5 45 today and I was like, oh, 545, like, this is too early to start the day here. I I, fe- I fed him and then put him back down for sleep. And then I was like, oh, like, I'll, I'll sleep a little longer too. We woke up at 930. I woke up at 930. I had to wake him up. I'm like, what the hell? You're a baby. This is not normal. <laughs> and then it was just a series of like disaster from there. Like, didn't want to nap. And then Aww. we ended up. Anyway, he's like the perfect baby he's amazing so i can't really complain but man he's um, just being a baby whatever exactly no you didn't screw anything up you're doing great well my best thank you that's all you can do (laughs) man jesus oh for sure anyway so now we're here we're recording an hour later than anticipated but oh well how are you have to suck it up (laughs) how am i fine we just ate a whole bunch of sushi Ooh, so that was fun there's a place uh on the danforth called katsu sushi oh that place is good Mark and I it's been, been there. there for 30 years so it's been there a long time mm-hmm. and the woman's like she knows greg everybody knows greg and of course I know she that, does <laughs> well exactly and He's also so friendly greg's family i mean they used to go in that place when it was an all-you-can-eat sushi place and they would take over the whole restaurant and just eat so much damn sushi so i think he she just her owner was probably every time they came the owner was like no i said said, 
oh God, if your family walked in and I was working, I'd be like, no, I'm not taking that table. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta leave. <laughs> Have this black Please lung. let me, cut me, cut me, cut me. Please let me go home. This is the one time I'm happy to go home early if you yeah, need me please. to. <laughs> oh, listen, I always love getting cut. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, they're, oh. I worked at Sochalet for a couple mm-hmm. of years. We've discussed this. Yes. And I think I remember that. Yes. I think so. There was this one girl though, that the manager just like didn't like, but didn't want to fire. So she would always cut her. It was horrible. I felt so bad for her. It was like a summer job for her. She couldn't have been like, I worked there when I was like 18, 19, 20. She was about the same age as me. I can't remember what her name was. I remember what she looked like. Summer jobs are important. You got to make money. Yeah. So she was always like, she was always like, what the hell? Um, why didn't she like her? Was she too pretty? She was just rude. The manager was so rude. <laughs> okay. I just thought maybe the girl was too pretty or something. The manager didn't like that. Uh, I don't, I don't know if that was it. Yeah. She was really nice. I don't know what it was. She was pretty. Mm-hmm. Ooh, nice glasses. Are these oh, new? I have no, I have like three or four different pairs that I wear. They nice. They're just reading glasses. My last pair of glasses, they asked me if I wanted them yellow tinted. And I was like, no, thank you. Why don't you get them orange tinted or like booths? Um, because <laughs> I hate his sunglasses. <laughs> I'm going to get Greg to show you his orange. His, he has glasses. Oh, like no. That. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I can't say mean things to people's faces. I'm going to be like, oh, oh sorry. go ahead. Greg can take it. He's a big boy. He can take Your it. Glasses are He'll be like, like, I love these glasses. <laughs> People compliment him on those glasses. Like somebody complimented him on them yesterday. We went to this cafe for like our croissant after Ooh. we had uh, our boxing workout. And we went to this place and this girl was like, I like your glasses. And I looked at them and they were the orange tinted ones. And he goes, oh, <laughs> these are. Can you slip her a card? Like you should watch Squintcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I should have little uh, squint cast cards. Little just leave cards. them all over the place for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do people use business cards anymore? I have a huge amount of business cards that yeah. I like. Don't know what to do with. First of yeah. all, actually, now I'm trying to think if I got new ones when I changed my last name. Yes, I did. Because oh it was God. a whole scandal because I hadn't officially changed my name yet, but one of the partners was like, do you want to change your name on the business on your business card? But they were ordering some new ones for uh, one of the other. How was it a scandal? Because my dad was like, I work with my, well, I work for my dad. He's one of the senior partners and he was not on board. My dad was like (gasps) the most chill person ever, but he was so sad that I changed my last name to Elsner. Of course. The ultimate like loss. His daughter's gone now. Like exactly. Your last name is no longer his. Do you have a double barreled name? Did you keep it? I did not keep. So my first name is Brittany Lee hyphenated. So I could not justify hyphenating. That would be funny. Was it Weldon? Weldon Elsner? Welton. So it'd be like Welton Elsner Elsner or Elsner (laughs) Welton. I don't know. It would be a passport application would be a nightmare filling out those Brittany little Lee Welton Elsner. Wow. That's a quite the mouthful. Oh, I have a middle name too. <laughs> oh my God. What is it? Is it double barreled too? 
just Robinson, but it's long. Oh my that, god, that's a long. That's a long who's, middle name. Who's named Robinson in your family? Literally, no one. I oh. don't know. If they just like the name Robinson. It's so random. For a I don't mind name. it, but it's just random. Like it sounds like a last name. Like it sounds like yeah, oh, that my mother's maiden name. No, it is a last name. Yeah, her name. Her maiden name is Smith. So, <laughs> wow. So. What do you, what is that from? Is that like a Winnie the Pooh reference or something? Maybe, or no, his name was Christopher Robbins. Never mind. Still, or maybe like Robinson Crusoe or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have a nickname? B. A lot of people just call me B. Nobody calls you pretty, pretty. We could start that. <laughs> <laughs> do you but mind might- when I call you Brit? Brit, yeah, Brit, I, I like. Um, my mom used to call me Britster. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any. This mm-hmm. one girl in high school called me Robin because she found out my middle name was Robinson. I was like, <laughs> oh, your name is Robin now. I was like, okay. <laughs> she was really nice. Uh, <sighs> no, nothing really. I did work in residence at university and the residence's name was Wallingford. Oh, there you go. It's a Our very, connection. it's a very old name, but it's funny. My grandfather, I've probably told you this. His family is not, they're actually French Huguenot, like very old, old French family from Northern Quebec. That's so cool. There's this pocket of like English last named French families from yeah. this part of Quebec where my grandfather's from. And yeah, it's really weird. It's very, it's, it's so strange. interesting. Yeah. It's fascinating. My grandfather is in it was an interesting dude for sure. For sure. That's so cool. Yeah. We, he and my great grand, my, sorry. We live fascinating lives. Oh, I don't think I do. I think my grandfather lived. I could tell you stories about him for sure. He was quite the outdoorsman and uh, he and my great grandfather did like, were the engineers on the build of the princess gates at the CNE. No way. Yeah. Well, they were civil engineers. They did all kinds of engineering projects all over Canada. Mark works. So Mark works in sewage and water and he has been on an electrical job. Um, There's, I think there's five sites, but one of the, the major site is Strawn, which I think is like right outside the princess gates. Right. It's a cool piece of architecture for sure. Oh, it's gorgeous. That's probably one of the nicer, nicest pieces of architecture in all of Toronto. Ah, come on. There's lots of nice places. Toronto's Uh, great. It's got lots of nice places there. Toronto does have like a a lot of nice little pockets. It's no like, because it is such a young city though. When you go to different, when you go to different places, like once when I went to London, England, I was like, oh Mm. my God. Yeah. Is this real life? <laughs> well, that's funny because Allie, Greg's daughter, was just in Wales, England. Oh, wow. And I went to Wales in 1999 with my boyfriend at the time. We hiked all over Wales for like three weeks and just Wales. And she was putting pictures up. And I was like having this like flashback to however long ago that was. And I was so like, I was having real envy because like, Wales is 
absolutely gorgeous, but you're walking on trails where there are walls built by Romans. Like it's insane. The history castles from the 1300s and stuff. Like it's, it's amazing. I totally agree with you. The architecture is like unbelievable. We went to, Hmm. when I went for that five days in England, which I think we talked about on another episode, we were insane. Anyway, we went to like Stonehenge. There was this (laughs) tour we did that was like Stonehenge and then Bath, which was like unbelievable built by the Romans. Like you were saying. Yeah. 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 Lots of Roman roads, lots of Roman walls, just unbelievable. Tons of castles. There's a place, the difference between a place like that and Toronto, for instance, is I feel that Toronto doesn't have as much respect for their history. They'll tear shit down without yeah. even thinking about it. Yeah. Whereas like I went to this one town, I remember like a lot of towns were like this, but this one particular place in Wales called Monmouth, where in the, they'll, they have like castle ruins in the middle of the town, the city, and they just sort of leave them there and build around it and then they make it sort of an interactive part of the landscape like it's just it's beautiful it's just absolutely beautiful like the way they treat all the the historical pieces and and places like that it's i love it i love it yeah it It doesn't really seem like there's any rhyme or reason for what they keep and what they don't keep in toronto like i i live beside what used to be in on the park which was like this really nice hotel Right. That was no longer very nice, but still like it, there was a lot of history <laughs> that came with it yeah. and they just completely, yeah. completely bulldozed it down. Like it's, it's gone. There mm. are now three condos in this place. I know it's, it's Which hard. It's fascinating to watch them build, but. Well, they go up so quickly. Plus I was, we were talking about that earlier to, when we were at dinner, like how they'll take this little tiny piece of land and build like a huge condo on top of it so quickly. Oh yeah. But I mean, people need places to live. There's nowhere yeah. to live, you know? So well, it's, it's interesting is they tried to make things more, they were saying they want to make things more affordable. <laughs> now yeah, interest right. rates are going up <laughs> and like Mark and I got pre-approved for a mortgage. Oh, um, like congrats um thank you for like a like a month ago mainly just to see because we we've been looking for houses but we've been kind of guessing what we can afford <laughs> fortunately we were on the low end <laughs> we're guessing oh, the low end but come still, to like, my we, neighborhood there's a place for sale that's a million bucks okay okay that's a reasonable. million is the lowest you're gonna get around here well that's the thing i'm like basically if you see something posted for like nine 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 it's yeah. like, oh my God, what yeah. a steal. <laughs> That's what this place is going for, but you know it's going to sell for more. And it was completely gutted. One of the options in theory for us to get a home, because what we really want is a backyard. So we could go with the semi, but we currently have a very loud neighbor. So the thought of living attached to someone, if we hadn't, if we had lived with like super quiet neighbors, then we'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Semi all the way. But now we're like, we need a detached home. <laughs> well, that's when you're going to pay, right? Um, yeah. I, mean, we, I don't care about that stuff. Like, yeah, I loud. I just feel like I live in a city with millions of people. Like there's going to be noise. Like there's going to be some noise. It. That's true. And the guys next door, they have parties every weekend, but I mean, whatever. So what? Are like, you guys in the semi? 
Yeah, it's like a semi-detached. I feel like your semi though is huge. Like you live in a pretty big semi. In that area, the semis are huge. It's three stories. Yeah. Yeah. Plus a basement. Yeah, that's really good. That's like unheard of. There's some semis actually at like Lawrence and DVP just east of there. Hmm. There are some semis that are that like are around the same size, like nice size backyards, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. pretty Mm -hmm. decent. They're not like the super narrow. I don't know. I'd say just do it. And then if you don't like it, sell it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It can't be too attached to the. Some people are really good at just moving, right? I'm I'm not. Greg has been here for too long. It's been like 30 years. So it would just be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Yeah. Well, that's the it thing be like, you accumulate stuff, right? Uh, honey. <laughs> oh, I've been like, really, I need to, I'll send you a picture he's of my Slovenian. condo. Have you met him? Oh okay. God. To be fair, I feel like I'm the Slovenian in my relationship with Mark <laughs> because I hold on to everything. And Mark is like, yeah. can we throw everything out? And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> Wayne like spit on that when he was first born. We must keep Listen, it. Greg said to me today, I have this sweatshirt on. I'll show you the sweatshirt. It's a sweatshirt. It says Tri-Tri. Oh, nice. Anyway, it's a construction company. I love their logo. Greg yeah. got me a, a sweatshirt from this company. And I just I love it's a strong logo. It's very graphic and it's a cool logo. Anyway, I have a couple sweatshirts. I found this one when I was cleaning out our bedroom and it's Greg's it's a double XL, but it's so comfortable. And I just oh, oh, yeah. love it. And he's like, Hey, what are you doing? Where, where'd you get that? I was like, well, it's just another piece of clothing. You forgot you owned. So I've claimed it because <laughs> I was on Finders my feet. For, I was on my feet for six hours cleaning out this damn bedroom. And, um, I found this and I was like, ah, and he was saying he wanted to, what is it? He wanted it because it was where Luke worked one summer. Oh, he's being sentimental about that. I was like, honey, Luke's not even sentimental about that. Luke's like, like, what company? I worked. Let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Plus we've had Triton, Triton branded gear for years. Like we have everything, hats and sweatshirts and all kinds of t-shirts and stuff. So yeah, those construction companies love to give out like Mark has so many. And because I, and I also do has so many like shirts for modern Niagara, like sweatshirts. That's all that's all Greg has is a uh, blanket. It's all we have is like branded shit from all the places and all the stuff that Greg's on the board of and all these organizations and all these things, we things he wins at golf tournaments. Like it's all I have in the house is like a bunch of free shit. (laughs) And then at some point it's like, okay, is this too much? Because maybe we don't need four of the same shirt. (laughs) Exactly. You don't need four of the same damn shirt. I agree. I agree. I'm with Mark. (laughs) I say that. But what if one of them gets a hole in it? Oh, what if, what if then you go buy another fucking shirt? Like, it's not like they're hard to find, you know? It's very true. Greg's got 80,000 t-shirts. Like, Oh yeah. Mark has like a million t-shirts. Gives me anxiety. (laughs) I have a lot of clothes too. At one point. So I am a plus size woman who was once not plus size. And Mm -hmm. for the longest time, yeah, down I know what locker, you're gonna tell me. Yeah, I kept all of these clothes 
from yeah. like size like four to twelve. I was like four. Oh, like when yeah. How were you four? I used to Jesus. be much smaller. I've never been a four in my life. That's well, insane. This goes way back. Let me just tell you. So probably like three. <laughs> I must have been like thirteen years old, probably. Oh my god. Brittany. Um, when Mark moved in, he was like Brittany Lee Robinson Welton. <laughs> You need to get your shit together. You get yeah. one, you get one box. That's one box. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? If I lose enough weight to fit back into this stuff, then I just serve a whole new wardrobe. So yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah, so I donated because, like yeah. boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, by the time, by the time you lose the weight, you want new clothes anyway. Exactly. Plus I don't think I'm going to want to wear the same thing I wore when I was 14 years old. Exactly. <laughs> Although like all Greg, that stuff is coming back in style. Yeah, but you can't wear it. That's not only people like 10 years younger than you can wear it. That's true. You know what I mean? Like the I can't Gen wear Z. shit. I can't wear shit from the 80s because then no. I'm just like a woman who just never threw her clothes away. <laughs> you know? Oh man. Yeah, that's very true. Sorry, <laughs> should we get started talking about this episode? I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about it because it is amazing. This is an amazing um, episode. Why couldn't this have been the episode that I had to watch like 15 this times? episode was so funny. I laughed so much. It was so amazing. There's so many things about it that were phenomenal. Yeah. I'm just, this is like classic, tight, excellent bones, like work. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, I'm so happy. This is probably our best, one of our best episodes so far. It's one of them for sure. So let's welcome everyone. Welcome all of our loyal, wonderful listeners for coming along on this journey. Really appreciate it. Uh, welcome to Squidcast. I'm welcome. Kelly. I'm, I'm Kelly. Brittany. <laughs> Hi, Brittany. Hi, I'm not eating a burrito. Brittany's not eating a burrito and she watched the right episode. So we're ready to go. We're ready to go. I'm on, I'm on a roll and I can't okay. wait to tell you about my other favorite show that one of the actors guest starring on this episode is from. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about and I'll tell you Perfect. about another show he was on. So okay. here we go. So we want you to start us off. We're, what are we watching? Uh, season one, episode 15, two bodies in the lab, two bodies in the lab, two bodies in the lab, two bodies. It could be a cool, like rap song Two. It could two be bodies in the lab, two bodies in the lab. Anyway, With here we go. 29 scenes. scenes? <laughs> <laughs> well, this really, is not good. This is not, not a good a indication of how this is going to go. <laughs> no, but I. 29 scenes is not a lot, actually. No, not a lot at all. Used to. Yeah. Well, should we uh let's let's start talking about online dating. Okay. Which, do that's it. how Mark and I met. And that's I know. how Brennan mm-hmm. Doc 206 is going to meet first timer 34551. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, you're so good. I love you got the handles. Oh. It was just so ridiculous. So there, mm-hmm. Brennan at the beginning of this episode is doing some online dating. She's chatting with this guy on what looks like 
It's not even MSN Messenger. It's something older. Did you see? AOL. Did you see the name? Did you see the name of the the app or whatever she was using? Sensiblepartners.com. <laughs> <laughs> not even like plenty of fish. It's no Hinge or whatever. No. My sister's on Hinge now. Oh, she okay, gives me okay. all the deets on that. Ooh. Well, anyway, regardless, they have. We'll have decided- to have her on. We'll have to have her we, on. And we ask need her to. All about it. <laughs> you can tell us all about how people match, how mm-hmm. there's a lot of deadbeats out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, they're chatting. First yes. timer 34551. Um, so, uh, is chatting with Doc206. And they've been chatting for about two weeks and they're ready to meet in person, it would appear. So they're going to meet tonight at seven at Nolita's on Key Street, which mm-hmm. I looked that up and that is not a real restaurant in Washington, no. D.C. I was kind of <laughs> underwhelmed by that, but that's OK. Um, and Dr. Goodman walks in on her mm. online dating at work. I know she acts like she's looking at porn. She's like, oh, my God, like she got caught. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, uh, sounds like a good friend. Like what? But how does he know based on the dinging, the ding ding notification sound? He's like, oh, must be a good friend. A good friend. (laughs) He responded to you. (laughs) Oh boy. Apparently, she has Googled this guy. I guess she's. She says she feels excited to meet him because she's Googled him and -hmm. knows him well. Anyway, she, she just makes online dating super weird. It, at the time, though, it was fairly like, yeah, it was new. It wasn't. It was fairly new. Yeah, even fairly, when Mark yeah. and I, Mark and I met in 2013 on Plenty of Fish, and it, I feel like even at that point, it was fairly new. Yeah, it's been a journey with online dating for sure. Like one of my mom's boyfriends a lot of her boyfriends actually came from the newspaper. They did like classified type really? relationship. Yeah. They did like relationship ads. Yeah. So that's a precursor to online dating. That's cool. And then online. And that was weird then too. People were weirded out by that. And then yeah. this whole online dating, it's taken a long time for people to sort of accept that this is the norm, I think. Yeah. And I wrote in my notes here that, Goodman interrupted her while she was setting up her face-to-face date. And I said, Goodman can interrupt me anytime, any day, especially (laughs) when I'm supposed to be working. (laughs) Oh, whatever. She works all the time. She can have five minutes to chat. That's true. Well, we end up back on the lab platform. Mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever it's called lab platform. Um, They're looking at a skeleton uh Hodgins and Zach specifically are looking at it and mm-hmm. you might think it would be related to the mob because this particular skeleton has cement blocks on its feet yeah. so interesting I, I think I was saying to Mark so this this we'll have to post a picture of this um particular skeleton I could not understand I was like oh my goodness that skeleton has huge feet I know I but thought Mark- it was weird too <laughs> They're apparently then, not feet. They're his no. shins. <laughs> what? Yeah, Mark was like, Brittany, those are the shins. Like, that's supposed to be standing upright. No. And I was like, no. I thought that I was rope or something from them throwing it. 
I think it might be shins. Okay, we'll have to examine this. We have to I'm... re-examine for sure. Oh, that's very interesting. I'll I'll definitely have a look at that. Okay, oh. shins. Anyway, All right, something All right. something to look at. But basically, it's they think it's a mob boss who disappeared six years ago. Um, he died with cement shoes, which is a common way for mob people to die. Yes. yes. Um, they think that it was a guy named Jimmy Cugini, which mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Thirty something years old. We don't really know anything about him. He is so irrelevant in this whole thing. I feel he is completely guy. irrelevant. Yeah, this isn't even the main case that they end up working on. It is yeah. kind of like a side piece. Why is that? Because we have two bodies in the lab, two bodies in the bodies lab, in the lab. Two, bodies two bodies in the, in the lab. lab, and twenty nine scenes. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I really liked was uh, what made me. This was when I knew we were in for it, because the cement shoe thing was happening, and uh, Angela walks over very casually and goes, "Heard you might need a face." <laughs> <laughs> Shall I put a smile on it? oh my god of course angela walks over because there's this new hottie in the lab Mm -hmm. this guy agent kenton is Mm -hmm. there special agent jamie kenton Mm -hmm. and he's there with booth because as you mentioned there are two bodies in the lab (laughs) this other body is not yet in the lab because it has been attacked by dogs and is chilling out in some warehouse that they're going to go to in the next scene right but we missed a couple of things we Angela did shows up says need a face then hodgins is all excited about the fact that this is a mob boss brennan is impressed by the lack of evidence like she thinks it's really great like it's an interesting sort of challenge to try to figure out who this person is goodman wants this person identified to confirm if it's Cugini. And then Hodgins starts acting like he's nervous about investigating a mob case in case they become the target of the mob. And then Our Goodman, conspiracy theorist. <laughs> and Goodman's like, rem- they hate each other, Goodman and oh, Hodgins yeah. still. And Goodman yeah. like gives him a talking. He says, actually, do I have to remind you that this is your job, Hodgins? <laughs> and Hodgins is all like, meh. <laughs> He's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and then we find out immediately after that happens, because we got to change directions somehow, because that was an uncomfortable interaction. Yeah. We find out that, well, everyone else finds out that Brennan is going on a date. Yes. If she does not have time to work with Zach, is he's going to have something ready by eight tonight? And she's like, hmm. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm going on a date. Yeah. I think there were yeah, a lot so of things everyone, that in the scene. Yeah, a lot of little things, like little character things, like the Hodgins and Goodman thing and Angela being kind of funny. And then, I mean, Zach is there, obviously. But then um, everyone gets into her business about this date. Yeah, it was interesting, yeah. eh? Well, and then it's kind of a common theme, but throughout this episode... Yeah, is so jealous. Well, oh my goodness, so judgmental of her for going on, like having an online date at all. Like that's when he shows up with this guy 
uh, Kenton, he's like, oh, you're going, you met somebody online. Like he's acting like she's a weirdo. Is he crying? All good. He just coughed. Sorry. Uh, sorry. He's in the shower. That's why I have the monitor that I forgot to initially turn on. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you're doing Mom okay. <laughs> yeah. So who does Boots? So Boots shows up with Kenton, but who does, who's Kenton played by? Kenton is played by Adam Baldwin, mm-hmm. who is a super famous actor and has been in many, many things. But my absolute favorite of all the things he's been in is the show Chuck. Oh, not Firefly. I thought you were going to say Firefly. <laughs> I knew you thought that. You like Chuck, eh? Oh, man. Chuck was so good. I saw every I loved episode. I loved it, too. I loved it. So you know good. Who I loved was, uh, what's her face? Um the woman Yvette's what was her Yvonne Stravowski or something her yeah. name is she is that's oh. exactly right Yvonne Strahovski. she's great she was in so Dexter great. she was yeah. in uh, Handmaid's Tales she's all over the place she's amazing I love she her actually got, Chuck. she got super famous after Chuck I think like her she seemed to sort of take off after that Zachary Levy also took off mm-hmm. quite a bit after that it, that was mm-hmm. a, that was that show was around for a long time they had 91 I episodes i watched every episode i loved it it was I so good it. it was very easy to it was an easy uh, yes so light very light very light i really I enjoyed that show but adam bobble was in firefly yes yes he was also in angel was he yes he was he was in like the that. last season or something. Yeah, yeah, he was an angel. That must be how I guess maybe is that how he connected with know, David Morianis, maybe? I don't know, because there's a lot of people from Buffy who guest star on this show. Yeah. And I just wonder, like, does he just recommend people or are they just all in the same circle? I don't know. It's really maybe. interesting. Like if there's people that he enjoyed working with. I need to ask David, like how much pull he had with the cast. Hello, David. <laughs> we would like you to guest star on our podcast. And can we guest star on your show? That would be great. I'll just be a dead body on the ground. I don't care. You can like kick me. I don't care. I'll be a person <laughs> reacting to an explosion. I can do it. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I'll be like on Star Trek, like <laughs> swaying back and forth. Hoping I'm going in the same direction as everyone else. (laughs) Exactly. New Star Trek, by the way. I know. I haven't started. I'm going to wait till there's a few episodes before I start. It's really good. Plowed through Picard. So now I'm just going to take a minute because I love Anson Mount, who plays uh, Captain Pike so much. And this is especially like interesting because it's, him knowing his future like he knows what's going to happen to him so it's wild wild so good we're both trekkies over here so was that a klingon thing he did when he went into the cave and they told him his future and he had to give he had to sacrifice his own future for someone else or something like that? i think so it that was part of the discovery storyline yeah yeah it was some kind of ancient klingon thing i thought yeah i think Mm -hmm. so I was just, I couldn't remember how he was told his future. But anyway, okay. Honestly, I completely Where are we? forgot until he saw his reflection. Like, oh, yeah. you'll see. Anyway, he sees his reflection in the episode. Yes. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We're at the abandoned warehouse now. 
that's where the body, the other body is. We yeah, got, we so, finished that other scene, I think. Yeah, yeah. Brennan gets pulled away from the Chesapeake Bay concrete shoe guy, and now we're in uh, some kind of warehouse. Go. We are in another warehouse. We're in a warehouse with Brennan Booth and Zach, and we're looking at probably one of the most gruesome crime scenes that we've seen so far yeah. on Bones. Really bad. It's really bad. There's a body yeah. with its wrist tied to a pole above its head. And then there's a couple large dogs in cages around the room um, that they are holding there in order to, like, just in, they basically are saying, just in case you guys need the dogs for some reason. Ultimately, I think that they just want Hodgins to examine the dog's poop. Yeah. So that's basically it. Hodgins has a well, gross job. This is when I decided that. It is gross, but you know, so is all this, the gross bodies and the eyes gouged out the eyes and the blood and the skin and the bones. I mean, it's all pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, It's not good. And what's worse is Booth has seen this MO before. Mm -hmm. So Booth is kicking himself because two years ago, he found a 17 year old girl in a tool shed, Mm -hmm. exact same situation. She was bound slash eyes were gouged out. Um, they had a suspect at the time, but they didn't have enough hard evidence to actually prosecute him. Mm -hmm. So the guy walked. Um, so Booth is really wanting to make sure he's suspecting that this is this guy striking again. Mm -hmm. And he really wants to make sure that they're collecting all the evidence properly and that they're able to build a a proper case against this guy potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, just because Brennan's such a hard worker, um, she gets a call and she takes it. It is Doc 206. No, that, no, sorry. That's Brennan. That's it is her first name. timer. 34551. Yeah. Yes. On the phone. Yeah. And basically she's saying, oh, I can't be there until 730. Their date was supposed to be at seven. That's fine. They're going to meet there. The mm-hmm. traffic's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's basically, she basically hangs up the phone and is like, okay, that's fine. Let me just finish up here. And Booth is not having it. I know. Well, first she makes kind of a funny joke, like how hungry she is. She's like, oh, I'm starving. Like when you're surrounded by all this gruesome, like this horrible so crime scene. And she's like, oh, I'm so, so hungry Ugh. to her, her, her date that she's trying to set up her time with. And then I know Booth is like, he's upset Ugh. well he's upset about this crime scene he's upset about this yeah. person named kevin hollings who was his suspect the yeah. last time having gotten away then he's mad because brennan's on this online thing and it sounds like he's being very judgmental of the whole online dating thing yeah. uh, refers to her date as dick 431 <laughs> whatever the handle is like he's yeah. he's like dick four three or whatever the handle is yeah he's like obviously so, that's not his handle he seems jealous right but and i hear right i know what you're saying he probably is on some level but doesn't understand why he's jealous maybe because yeah. he doesn't figure his feelings for her but he's it's coming love. from a well he's coming from a place of fear this is where i think he's coming from personally like he's just always protecting always yeah conscious of like the danger you know well especially i think he sees online dating 
from that perspective, like you said, not necessarily that it's weird. He does think it's a little odd, Mm -hmm. but more like, you don't know this person at all. And you're going to go on a date with them. Like, are you insane? First of all, we're working this mob case. Mm-hmm. like does this seem like the smartest thing for and you to do probably look at not. this dead body in front of you right now like this girl yeah. is just randomly plucked off the street and murdered so like he's exactly. worried mm-hmm. it's so sad um just a small aside here uh mark's username which i did not clue into <laughs> until we started dating yeah was Klobasa. <laughs> And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that's like, Greg, I don't, I've, I don't have a handle. I don't have that kind of history. So it's like, it's so funny. That's like Greg calling himself Schwanstika or whatever, or Kranska. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like if I were Slovenian, all of my, all of my uh, handles would be Mishka. <laughs> i love mishka those little donuts yes so good <laughs> greg calls me he he likes my bum so he's calls it it's a ritka so he's like oh look at your ritka and he's like i think that would be mine ritka i like it perfect <laughs> i'm so glad we had this conversation <laughs> i'm just sorry i didn't ask i didn't think to ask you i'm so well so what was yours I honestly don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was like Brittany 81523 or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's the same thing. Just like random, not not a different word for sausage. Oh my god. Oh boy. Anyway, so anyway. <laughs> Brennan is about to discover the dangers of uh, going out during a mob case. Mm-hmm. When she goes to this fictitious restaurant, Nolita's, mm-hmm. and her cell phone rings as she's approaching the restaurant, thank goodness, because she ends up accidentally dropping her phone as shots are being fired at her, um, mm-hmm. and it allows her to duck behind a car to avoid getting shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, someone attempted to kill her. She doesn't know who. And our intro rolls. Well, what was it? She identified the victim first in the warehouse as a, a woman, a female in her teens and mid uh, early twenties. Yeah. And she believed that there were knife marks that were uh, congruent. Is that the right word to use? With yeah. The, they, more... they cut them deep enough for the dogs to basically to try to, make the flesh more appetizing to the dogs which is absolutely horrific yeah so i thought he that her date called her to say he was running late as she was approaching the restaurant and then yeah. the drive yeah yeah so crazy it's like first she gets this bag of bones from chesapeake bay with concrete shoes then she goes to a warehouse with this absolutely awful gruesome scene then she's a victim of a drive-by shooting all in one yeah. day. All in it's only crazy. four scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and then what? It's insane. It's action-packed. We have our intro. Hey, 
and then we get back to the Jeffersonian where she is an insane person same because she day, decides Brittany. to go back to work it's the same, same day i'm day. pretty sure it's that night and i'm like would you let these people go home yeah i don't understand they basically at this point so in the time that she went to her i guess in the time that she went to her date got Which shot at 7 30 p.m mm-hmm. um got shot at i guess the police probably came took her statement and then she went back to the lab and somehow angela hodgins and zach are still there the what dead girl's body is now there yeah at this point this must be like remains yeah exactly. at least 9 30 10 o'clock 10 I would o'clock think. at night 10 o'clock at night it's crazy. Angela's offering her a drink. Zach is like, are you insane? You need to get out of here. Like, why are you here? Um, and she just keeps on pushing on with this case. I just, I couldn't believe that she was at the lab. <laughs> yeah. So she's doing this weird, frantic, manic thing where she's hopping from one case to the next one body to the next body going back between the two bodies in the lab the two bodies yeah. in the lab yeah, and she's like lab. asking like firing questions at the you know zach and hodgins and angela about what they've done have you done this have you done that don't you know how to do this and showing zach how to do this and da, da, da. and she's just being very frantic because it's she's just so ex- mean <laughs> but i'm like it's 10 o'clock at night brennan and yeah. you just got shot at this woman is not good at processing trauma no she's not and she goes through a lot of it it seems like we're always hearing about something that happened in guatemala (laughs) (laughs) no that was in uh, el salvador oh sorry in el salvador maybe in guatemala as well but she goes through a lot and it doesn't really seem like I don't know. It doesn't seem like she deals with it well, like you said. Like she's ripping into Zach for not properly cleaning the bullet holes on the body. Yeah, crazy. Um, which he's like, I worked on them for hours. I don't know what you want me to do. And I think that she realizes mm-hmm. that she sees Hodgins seems very like taken aback by that, and she sees Hodgins' face, yeah, behind Zach at that point, and then she apologizes and kind of says, okay this is how you do it and shows him how to clean this exact with cotton swabs basically how to how to clean the the bullet holes which was a really cool thing and you know yeah she had hadn't done it within like a millisecond it would have been cool to go over the process but during this period booth comes in and this is what i i just gonna say this is that i'll i promise i'll let you talk but booth barges in and he swipes his card to get on the platform. I love this little detail. It's like, don't forget to swipe your card to come in. <laughs> and he's mad at her because she came back to work. And he's like, what are you doing here? You got to go home. This is crazy. And um, she's being such a freak. But he finally talks her into coming with him to do something else to get her away from the lab and the dead bodies and all the cases and stuff like that. And she's like arguing to stay because it's better if I know, but, 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 but I love this. I'm just curious about the swiping of the card thing. Like the platform is in the middle of this room, this big, huge room. 
and everyone can see what's going on on the platform. Like you can, yeah. So I can't remember. Why I think did it was they like, need a swipe thing? It was the first or second episode that they put that in when she wanted a gun. Oh, but I know, I know. I think just someone saying, broke like, on, broke broke into that area or something, or stole something. I can't remember exactly. I know, but like it can't be that top secret if everyone can see what's going on. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> It's like literally you can look at it from the rafters. Like there's a whole other level. You can look down on it. Oh boy. Well, and then what was it? He wants to bring her internet date in to, for questioning. Yes. So Is, go on. he's like, well, the guy didn't show up on time and he wasn't there when you were getting shot at. So mm-hmm. basically he doesn't want to let her out of his sight until they figure out who's trying to kill him, kill her. And mm-hmm. he is speculating that it could be the perpetrator from either of the crime scenes she's investigating. Exactly. Exactly. Which is insane. It's insane. And also, do you think that he brought David, the actual name of first timer 34551, in for questioning because he's jealous? Or do you think he actually is a suspect? I think it's reasonable. I agree. To bring him in. I mean, you know, you have to bring anyone associated with her. Uh, He doesn't have any concrete information on this person. Yeah. Like where they were, who they are, all these things. Like he knows where Angela Zach and Hodgins were. He knows where Goodman was. He knows where, you know, Kenton was, I guess, uh, so far. And so this is one sort of a not like one wild card. So yeah. this, you start talking about this because this is amazing. This whole thing made me laugh so much. It's so funny. What this is, next? this scene makes me so happy because someone other than me is seeing the chemistry between Brennan and me. It's so <laughs> funny. So basically the next scene, um, Booth brings in this guy, David, for questioning and this is the first time that David and Brennan are meeting in, in person, face to face. And it's an Why interrogation would you bring room. her? Why would she be there? Like, it's so crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't even know. Especially if you think that he was the one trying to kill her. I don't know why she would be in the room. Anyway, so Booth is attacking this guy right off the get-go. He's like, you're mm-hmm. an investment banker. You're, you're a good looking guy. And yet you find your women online. Like, the guy, the guy is kind of like taken aback by that and it's like well you know what like i actually um i know someone else who met their partner online they've been together for five years so like it could be like a great way to meet people (laughs) i know but then booth and david they start flirting with each other and talking about how good looking they are like oh you're good oh you're good looking better than your picture and all like they're meeting it's like their first date within the interrogation room it's and so booth is like funny. trying to put a stop to this and is like asking him questions oh my <laughs> god yeah he's but- kind of going wait do, do i need to be getting a lawyer like i thought that i was just meeting my hot date here <laughs> i know but booth is like leaning over the table in this guy's face he's got one leg up on his chair so he's like super leaning and heavy heavy like looking in this guy's face and peppering him with questions but David is very confident, cool, uh, calm, and answers everything very clearly. And 
rationally and so <laughs> Brennan's, yeah Brennan's like telling him well he has to do this like sorry like <laughs> sorry buddy but you you can you know that he's being that intense mm-hmm. that like just by the fact that David is like wait like is there something going on between you two like I don't want to get in the way if there's something going on between the two of you and they're both like oh no god no I know Booth is hilarious because they all get up to leave and date well Booth makes snide comments about like oh online dating it's really creepy and all this stuff and then that's when David says what is there something going on here because I don't want to get in the middle yeah. of something here but then booth does this hilarious thing he's so uncomfortable with the idea like the thought of them being an item and he's like no, no and he turns around and like rolls his eyes he's like oh my god bleh. like he's pretending like it's the most disgusting thing like she has of. cooties it's like he's in he's in grade five and she has cooties exactly but then he tries to cock block david every time booth and david try to like talk to each other or look at each other be close to each other he stands between them oh yeah brennan is like looking at him even like after even after this scene or the end of the scene when like he's walking away she's just like smiling staring at him and he's waving a hand in front of her face like hello excuse me (laughs) she's like oh he's really nice (laughs) he's nice and nice looking oh my god i can't wait for my dinner with him after the end of this case (laughs) oh boy basically it's a disaster and it's a hilarious scene because this david guy kind of takes him in stride (laughs) david is actually pretty cool about it i i I give him kudos like wow good for you for keeping it chill because he's been a total dick about it but just the way booth was standing between them and like trying to get them to stop looking at each other and then when they parted he's like he's acting like i do when i don't want my dog to see another dog like i'm just like don't react don't react like please don't freak out but anyway it just i just thought it was really funny this is sort of like the underlying theme other than this is we always have like a side story i feel like this is our side story for this episode yes i suppose it is it's it's an interesting yeah definitely even in the next scene so we're back in brennan's office yeah and brennan's there obviously angela's there Mm -hmm. um and zach comes to join them at one point Mm -hmm. and i guess booth does too anyway but um they figure out they've, that they've ID'd, they've now ID'd the victim um, of the gruesome, the second gruesome case. Yes. Uh, this 19-year-old named Penny Hamilton. She was a student who disappeared walking back to her dorm. And it does seem like the MO is quite similar to that other um, serial killer that Booth had previously interrogated. Um, but couldn't make a case for. So they're a bit, Brennan and Angela are a little bit worried that he's going to think that her death is going to be, is his fault, which is kind of a sad thing to think. Yeah, but very, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I was, no, no, you you go. I was just going to say, and yet two seconds later, they're talking about how Brennan likes this David guy and Booth can mind his own business. (laughs) 
<laughs> they're like oh so sad she died that's so sad and how's your date going <laughs> yeah so right i just liked how brennan was sort of empathetic a little bit towards yes sort of what what he might be feeling right now and she's gotten a lot better with that definitely but i just want you to know that i absolutely loved angela's shirt in this scene and i will be sharing a photograph of that on social media i love it so much i love it so much i want that i can't i'm trying to pin i'm trying to Remember I'll show you a picture while like. you're talking. What's next? Please do. Well, next, basically, as part of the scene, so they have a positive idea on both bodies. So we know Pe- Pen- Penny Hamilton is one of them. The other is Cugini. So Booth is calling Kenton um, to basically give the idea on that. Um, Zach has cleaned the bones and he says he that you could eat off of them, which is super gross. Um, <laughs> But anyway, but that that was what he was supposed to be doing. And now they are going to examine the clean bones in the next scene. Brennan actually gives him thumbs up and is like, good work, Zach, which is much better than a couple scenes ago. Um, But basically they're looking at the bullet pattern. And what I think is so fascinating from this scene, and we're about to see the t-shirt Oh, it is nice. It's a blouse with like all kinds of frilly things on it. Yeah. But these frills around the collar are what keep make it because they frame the face so wonderfully and they go around the neck yeah. so nicely. She one of the great. nicest, nicest things she's ever worn. Definitely. I agree. She does have some pretty, she's a fairly fashionable character, I would say. This is the best shirt I've seen her. I, I hate her clothes. <laughs> okay, so I take it back. <laughs> She always wears like little tank tops and like belts and tight jeans and stuff. So That's I, true. I, just, I like the blouse. She looks like she's going to the club a little bit in the nineties every so often. Uh, so, so something yeah, fascinating happens in this scene. What happens is we find out a new technique that Brennan has been working on. So the, mm-hmm. the bones are clean now, um, which means that the bullet hole, the, the bullet holes are clean. So she's able to see the pattern that that's etched into the bone from the bullet. Um, and what's so cool about this is that she has been working on um, an idea that they're going to put into, um, into I can't think of words today, apparently. They're going to use it, this idea that mm-hmm. she's come up with, um, mm-hmm. to basically recover the pattern and reverse engineer the bullet so that they can figure out the make model and make a model of the weapon that was used. Which is, I thought that that was so cool. I wonder if that's a technique that is being used now yeah it seems like it it seems, it seems logical probable especially with the with like with 3d printing existing modern now. technology the way it is yeah. i'm sure that it could easily not easily but you know what i mean more well, easily easily enough determine so we have a lot of these scenes we're talking about two different cases so that yeah. that gun we're talking about that's the mob case Mm-hmm. And we're also talking about so zach is pointing out that there are some knife marks that were made um and they're trying to figure out so they think that a pocket knife was used to make the slashes which we had talked about that making that those were done to make the 
flush more appetizing for the dogs, which is disgusting and horrific. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then they believe that another weapon was used to gouge the eyes out because the, the pattern is different. Um, so that the knife and this other thing that was used in the eyes that is on this other body, um, which I found that they were, they did a pretty good job of keeping it clear, which case that they were talking, talking about. Yes. Um, It was a, a really cool. I liked it because the, the episode had a very, the pace, it changes the pace of the episode. Yes. Yeah, because you're going back and forth and there's a lot going on. You have to retain all this information and try to differentiate between everything. It was quite well done. I thought how they had I it thought sort so of too. organized. Definitely. We learned there was so much that we learned from just this small scene. Like, so I know. like I was saying, like the bullet, mm-hmm. we learned about this pocket knife. We learned about the gouging of the eyes. We learned that Hodgins has assessed the dog poop. Yes, he has. Which is super gross but that's fine. We're going to find out more about what Hodgins has to say about that in another scene. Yes. Um, and we also learn that Booth is not leaving Brennan alone because he doesn't want her to die. And that seems perfectly yes. reasonable. He <laughs> makes her go with him. Um, he basically wants her to come with him wherever he goes, or he has to go wherever she goes. Yeah. So he wants uh, her to come with him to his office to meet with agent Kenton to discuss the Cugini case. Exactly. And she's like, I'm better off here. Like I'm more useful at the lab doing my science. And he's like, yeah, but you're better off alive. So you're going to come with me. So that's too bad. And then Zach's like, well, are, what, what about, about us? Like, aren't, are we going to be safe without you here? Like, should we all go with you? And he's, and Booth goes, ah, you, you can take care of yourself and everybody like, and he punches Zach on the shoulder, like encouragingly. And Zach was like, ow, it hurts so much. Like, oh. <laughs> Which is, this is a, this is a changing dynamic from what we've seen from these, some of the previous episodes, the most uh, recent episodes. I just, they're actually acknowledging yeah. each other yes yes definitely definitely it's not ignoring him anymore but i also love booth in this episode so much oh my god oh my He's gosh amazing. well i especially love him because he is just fawning over brennan and i love that but you know, you I'm know. Gonna get ahead of myself <laughs> <laughs> what happens next oh my god okay so in the next scene booth basically brings brennan doesn't know this but booth is basically bringing him to the fbi bringing her to the fbi office to meet kenton to try to railroad her into stopping work on either of these cases um kenton is basically there to tell her what he did for the romanos Mm -hmm. which was he worked undercover um he left when he thought his cover was being blown but it was very dangerous work Mm -hmm. um he suspects certain people were involved in this killing you don't really want to be involved in these people involved with these people uh and they're kind of thinking he's trying to convince her that the people trying to kill her are related to these mob people and she's like well what about the serial killer like it, it could be Hollings and Kenton's like, well, it could be, but it, it's not because serial killers follow a pattern and they're not just going to shoot you instead of gouging your eyes out and hanging you for the, for the dogs. 
So yeah. Ultimately, long story short, obviously Brennan is not convinced and she, she will continue is, to work on this case. She is incensed that she was brought here to be talked out of investigating. She's like, what the hell are you talking about? She's like, I'm the perfect person for this. I'm good at my job. I can figure this. Like, she's just so mad about it. But while this is all happening, she gets the call from Hodgins, yep. who has analyzed the dog poo. Haven't yelled so his gross, name so much cool. today. <laughs> well, you got to do it. It's a good, actually, people investigate poop all the time, right? Like, there's all kinds of stuff in poop that you can, you know, figure out. Well, even from... Um, so like I said, Mark works in sewage and water. So apparently mm-hmm. they can assess like when we were, ha- when we were going through all these COVID waves, they could use the sewage to figure out whether we were ha- going through a wave because apparently just from the sewage, <laughs> yeah, they can assess like the level of COVID in the population, wow. which is unbelievable. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's like, all the like antibiotics and medications people take and the fact that all that gets into our soil and everything like that, like how it affects like even the food we eat. It's just fascinating. It's so fascinating. Sorry. So you're going to tell me about Hodgins and. Oh yeah. So he found some sort of parasite that can be found in like liver this uh, type of liver that was not on site it was something that was brought from off site he thinks it was used to lure the dogs that were starving stray animals into the warehouse to then consume the body of penny right so the so parasites gruesome. it's very you know what like it's pretty graphic eh like shockingly yeah. graphic <laughs> it, it is it, it's wild because this this episode is quite funny but then there's this it element is. of absolute horror <laughs> i think that they have to keep it that way though because it's like you have this really you have these two very heavy cases the one more so than the other yeah um and if there isn't humor to go with it then i agree then it would just too be much. a downer right it yeah. would just be like an hbo show then um yeah. <laughs> so after they discover that you know obviously livers was used to lure the dogs uh they go to visit hollings their number one suspect for this uh this murder of penny hamilton i think you said her name was. yeah and i can tell why he's a suspect he gives me the heebie-jeebies yeah yeah totally he's very so smug appropriately weird yeah 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 oh god they what is insane about this mm. character so he opens the door he sees booth he's like long time no see come on in yeah like is super cooperative to the point that it's like this guy obviously has something to hide but he's trying to be like come on in no problemo well, let's it's... brennan and booth kind of like look around the apartment yeah brennan notices a swiss army knife is sitting there Mm-hmm. On Plain the sight, table. all alone oh yeah like yeah. in them it's it was like on display almost uh-huh except she opens it up and there's no nick on the blade and the nick like they figured out that they realized that there should be a nick on the blade for those serrations that 
were made mm-hmm. for the dogs to attack. Mm-hmm. So she's looking at this. She's like, okay, well, obviously this isn't involved. But they go into this room and there are jars and jars and jars of keys. Just random keys. Random keys. Thank and you. it's just, they're set up like, it's just like a display of tens of thousands of keys. Yeah. When he said there were tens of thousands, it's co- private collection he has of just keys in yeah. jars. And he said there were tens of thousands. I was like, really? It doesn't look like tens of thousands. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. I thought also, the same thing. Well, especially, also, when, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially when what? When Booth is like, oh, there's got to be a dozen, like, a, there are dozens of keys here. <laughs> <laughs> also, that is a fatal flaw of every serial killer, thinking that they are the most, the smartest person in the room. And they yeah. can, you know, fool everybody by. And they know, often sure. do. Come on in. Look around. Yeah. No problem. You know, it's crazy. And this guy, though. Mm-hmm. yeah sure come look around until they start getting a little too close for comfort they start saying mm-hmm. oh you know what i think we need to take these keys in for into custody and he's like what are you talking about you don't have a warrant mm-hmm. and then booth is making up some bogus story about how there's a burglary burglary around the corner and mm-hmm. this keys mm-hmm. from a federal building so you shouldn't have duplicated it and yeah you shouldn't have these keys ultimately Mm-hmm. Hollings ends up having to call his attorney, of course. Right. But, he's brought, brought in for questioning based on these trumped up sort of quasi allegations yeah. that Booth has made up just to confiscate his collection. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. And the attorney calls him out on that in the next, in the next scene. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a court date the next morning, but Booth wants to talk to them then. And I guess at that point, they're able to until until that happens until the court date they're able to look through this collection of keys so they have a very very short window to determine if these keys had something to do with the murder of penny mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I, I just thought this was so funny in this scene yeah so in this scene to paint a picture uh this guy hollings is sitting there with his attorney and booth is sitting across from him mm-hmm. and brennan's looking on and the attorney is just flabbergasted that his client is even there to begin with. And I just thought it was interesting because he's like, try, he's standing up for his client, obviously, but his rationale for why this guy is an innocent person makes no sense to me. He's like, he's a respected researcher with Whitney Chemical. Okay, that's okay. fine. Sure. And he hasn't missed a day of work in the past two weeks. <laughs> a whole two weeks. Well, he's trying to like make it seem like he has an alibi or something. And I guess is, so. Yeah, Booth is just trying really hard to hold him there at, at, at any way he can, basically. Oh, yeah. And shows him a very gruesome crime scene photo from the latest crime scene. Oh. And it gets very uh how do you describe that scene he hollings looks at these photos like it's obvious at this point that hollings is messed up whether he was related to whether he is involved in penny's murder 
we will find out but it's clear that he's completely unaffected by these gruesome pictures he's just sitting there kind of like being a dick to booth being like it must be so difficult when you uh when you can't solve a murder Mm -hmm, isn't mm -hmm. it booth yeah like playing with him rather than being like oh god don't show me those like that's which would be a normal reaction like oh like why are you showing me these gruesome photos and kenton and brennan are looking on and they're chatting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and brennan tells kenton at this point about again we're switching between Yes, cases the now Co- the Cugini case versus the Hamilton case. Yes, yes, exactly. So we're talking about the Cugini case now. Brendan and Kenton are talking about that because he brings her a bunch of files on suspects um, from when he was working uh, with the Romanos. So right. he has some physical descriptions. If for some reason they have blood types, they have a bunch of different uh, evidence that might help to help to narrow down the suspect right um and brennan starts to share with him that they've that they're working on recreating the bullet Mm -hmm. and he is just amazed by this concept um and he seems super nice is trying to help her by giving her this box of information offers her offers to help her more yeah if she needs it is is just a very like helpful nice guy Uh yeah 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 and such a wonderful person and i'm not spoiling anything (laughs) (laughs) well no the way i I mean i noticed that it's in the show too he was very curious about her process and he was asking her questions and having her share like these details of what she's doing yeah and then as he's saying oh interesting he's like backing away slowly and leaving the room like he's getting exactly he's he's leaving oh sweet he's okay that's great great idea super good job and he's like exactly really quickly because he doesn't oh yeah he's he's out of there that was the first indicator to me like oh he's like seeming very helpful but also like not really he's trying to run away a little bit i was just yeah, he's kind of like oh you can recreate the bullet oh oh oh, oh great oh <laughs> yeah, i'm just gonna go to this other room and watch some just, paint dry like i have I'll this important be thing. right back just be right back <laughs> brb anyway <laughs> brb so, yeah booth uh at this point has gotten nowhere with hollings and his lawyer and they'll only have the key collection for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So then he goes and asks for Booth asks for Goodman's help, which anytime I can see Goodman is a good thing. Agreed. He's, he's a good that, man. Yes. He's a good man. Goodman's a good man. <laughs> he, uh, so Booth asks his opinion on his thoughts. Like if he were to look at the key collection and how it was displayed, because I did take photographs of how it was displayed in his living space. So he wants Goodman to sort of think or theorize about what that could mean or what that could say about a person. Yeah. And they need a way to narrow down which keys to look at now and first because they have such a limited amount of time, like you were saying. Yes. And I just found Goodman's analysis to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Really cool unbelievable just the way that he he sits back and he's at first he's like i don't know if i can be helpful 
but then he's looking at the photos and he's like hmm. was he right-handed yeah <laughs> well as you can see like the way that he has positioned the chair and the way that like if it was an innocent collection the chair would be facing the collection because he'd be wanting to like look at it and mm-hmm. be excited by it but the way that the chair is facing he's wanting to display the collection mm-hmm. as opposed to um like look at it himself enjoying it yeah enjoy yes exactly mm-hmm. um but then there's one specific area that he points out where he's thinking okay this would be where he would have placed the keys that would make him feel powerful and secure. So, and they would be in reach if he's right-handed. So I would focus on the keys on the right side of this like desk area. Yeah. Yeah. Just the way that he, I I did not do justice to that, but the way that he rationalizes everything. Of course you did. Yeah. No, it's just amazing. Yeah, no, I agree. And but I this is where I asked in my notes, is this key collection weird? Like I, I wasn't I thought it was a little weird that he had all these keys. I thought it was weird. I think I think when people have collections in excess like that, hmm. like if someone had like a coin collection that filled an entire room. Yeah. Then it's like it goes from that's really cool to oh (laughs) yeah but i was like thinking about all the places i've lived for instance like how it would be cool if i had a little jar or something of the keys of all the apartments and the houses or you know whatever like it would be meaningful yeah because i've lived in a few number of places but this is weird right (laughs) yeah where where would you collect that many keys (laughs) where is he getting his keys where from his victims perhaps exactly <laughs> dun, oh, dun, that's duh. tens of thousands okay i just okay. oh i just love that scene. and like you said any moment that we get to hear goodman analyze anything is just beautiful yeah he did sure. so good for sure so now we're back with brennan and and zach and they're looking at uh penny's skeleton mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out how the eyes were gouged out because it was like we were saying it's not the same it's not the pocket knife that was used no um so they're they're trying to look at whether they're talking about whether she was struggling when it happened Mm -hmm, they're -hmm. talking about the crenulations form a pattern they're completely stumped um and basically brennan tells zach like you got to keep keep going at it fortunately hodgins is not stumped he is working on the other case <laughs> yeah and they figure out that um the concrete used to sink Cugini was composed of a very specific type of cement yes and that cement was used by tapford construction which was owned by carlo romano at the time that the that the cement right. shoes would have been made so right to me that's a slam dunk they've they figured they have evidence that Carlo Romano was indeed connected somehow to that. Yes. Case. To the Cugini killing. So Booth yeah. brings Romano in for questioning and he uses the word like Brennan or was it Brennan or Kenton who said, Oh, wait, the Romano looks very calm and cool in this interrogation room. And then Booth says, 
that's hubris. And Brennan is excited that uh, Booth uses this word hubris. Yeah. And I remembered from earlier when Brennan called Booth a Luddite in front of David. And she tried to tell Booth what Luddite, the definition of Luddite. And Booth was like, I know what a Luddite is. Like, yes, I love this. It's been a couple of times now in this episode where he, she's, uh, I don't know. Is she questioning his vocabulary? Is he just like proving that he's smarter than she thinks he is? I don't know. It's just, it was like a little thing that they had in this uh, running gag. I just thought it was interesting. Oh, for is sure. he awake? I, Brittany's he looking is awake. at a monitor. You can tell me. You can tell. Yes. I'm getting notifications on my phone that he's moving. No, no, he's fine. He'll go back. He's just kind of like, yeah. you have to go slap him. a boob in his face. No, no boobs to be slapped. Oh, just his hands over. He's just kind of. He's munching on his fingies. Yeah. He was kind of doing like this weird like arm wave before, but he stopped. Yeah, no, I see him kind of moving his, (laughs) he's sort of moving his little paws around. I'll go back to sleep. (laughs) I like, I litter his crib with like a couple pacifiers. Oh, okay. He like, since he was like four months old, he's been able to like. I don't know how he does this anyway, but he figured out that he can pick up a pacifier and put it in his mouth. He does it very well now. When he was like four months, he was like, yeah, (laughs) trying to get it in his mouth and kind of getting in his ear and his nose. Anyway, Mm -hmm. but regardless, anyway, (laughs) he probably has hubris about his ability to put his (laughs) pacifier in his mouth. I did not know what hubris meant, so I had to look it up. Okay. Um, my vocabulary clearly is not as good as Google. it's just arrogance, really. Isn't yes, it? exactly. Yeah, excessive pride or self confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I actually did know what Lud- the Luddites are because mm-hmm. I watch a show called Upload <laughs> Prime, which is really good. There's yeah. like a whole. They have like a whole uh storyline about the Luddites anyway regardless mm-hmm. so tell me more about this guy Carlo Romano who is so, waiting patiently to be questioned right they're waiting he's waiting patiently to be questioned but then Booth gets a call from the forensics lab and they have to release the keys back to Hollings and he's upset like he's like man this sucks and he says the word crenellations to Brennan yes and uh she's very inspired by this because she thinks at the end of the day when she talks about the crenellations which it turns out is the grooves in a key yeah uh she says perhaps one of the keys was used to scoop or gouge out penny's eyes after she died so she's telling booth she's giving booth instructions because she's going to stay there with romano and kenton why i don't know but anyway she's sending booth off to this lab so that she can get zach to focus on not dna necessarily but to match the grooves to the key yeah which will be a way faster process so did i say that right no you said it perfectly they only have half an hour they have about about half an hour until um hollings is supposed to be picking up the keys so he's in a panic Mm-hmm. And this idea that she's come up with will save them an incredible amount of time. And they'll be able to go through 
way more keys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it gives them way more of an opportunity to actually be able to match the proper key if that is what they were used for. Yeah, but who cares? Next scene is more important. <laughs> is it? This is the best scene of the entire entire show. So Booth and Brennan go to Brennan's house and Booth won't leave her alone. No, they're going to have a sleepover. Okay. Oh, they're just having a sleepover. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. He's going to be staying on the couch. Everything's fine. She, he invites himself over. (laughs) Yes, he does. He's like, no, you don't need to stay. And he's like, well, actually I do need to stay because someone needs to look after you. And so he's making himself at home and just like goes over. He's like, I'm going to put some music on, goes over and like check out, checks her music uh, collection out, which like starts out a little bit concerning because it's just a little esoteric. It's a little, you know, it's it's esoteric. She has all this. (laughs) Tibetan, Tibetan throat, throat singing. singing. She's got <laughs> world music, which I mean is perfectly fine. Some world jazz, music. that's good. Some Kanye West for some reason, a little bit odd. Well, she likes rap music. Remember, Man in a Wall. <laughs> I guess Come so. On. Cat Powers on there. <laughs> yes. Her description of why she likes jazz just absolutely killed me. I know. I mean, she like gives such a scientific explanation of why she likes jazz, and it's hilarious. Do you like jazz? I like jazz, yeah. It's, I find oh, it. Really no, you be, don't. I it no, no, you I don't. Do. I do. No, the way you answered that, that's, you don't like jazz that much. I do. <laughs> I, oh. What's he doing? No, he's fine. He's just on the side. Um, <laughs> no, I, do, I do like jazz music, but I would say, no, I actually, I do really like jazz, but I was in a jazz choir in high school, but then it didn't, I didn't really do much else from that. What does, what does a jazz choir do? We just sang like jazz, I guess. I what can't even songs? Remember. I'm trying to think of what songs. Like classic 50s, like it had yeah. to be you. It had uh, we to didn't be sing you. it had to be you. I'm trying to think, but that exact, yeah, that style. All right. I'll think about what songs we sang. Yeah, I think about that. Because my, my jazz Like a tisket and tasket. Oh my God. Yeah, no, what my jazz song? experience is very... Mine's like very in, limited. Mine's improv based. There's okay. a whole period. Like when you were listening to, you know, the mathletes and you were singing the song. Yeah. Um, what's it <laughs> Dare called? Dare you to move, maybe? Dare you to move. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> when you were doing that, I was listening to wacky, wacky improv jazz, like stuff okay. that. Where people, there was a drummer and a cellist, and they would play off each other for an hour, like bing, blah, bling, blah, blue, like this kind of like very. That's cool. It just was out there. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of when. So I missed that whole uh, 1938 cold play, dare you to move stuff. I missed it all. That's okay. That's allowed. <laughs> you Regardless. probably saved yourself. Okay, wait, but beyond all this, so there was jazz, there was Tibetan throat singing, but more importantly, he puts a CD in and Hot Blooded by Foreigner starts playing. And what do you do when that starts playing? Obviously, you start dancing and playing guitar. 
which is what they're doing. So amazing. She's one of these people when she gets excited, when she's listening to a rock song, it seems she goes really close to your face and sings it really loud in your face. Like (laughs) hot blooded. And he's like air guitaring and they're jumping around like they're in 14. It was so so much adorable. He's got his casual denim look on and they're listening to music because she doesn't have a TV. Because oh, yeah, they- it broke. Yeah. Well, who broke it, Brittany? Did she say? Season one or episode one, she oh, took a baseball bat yes. to that TV. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, which was all caused by the psychologist. Yes, the callback to the TV was hilarious to me. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, my God. It was so great when she said her TV was broken. I was like, ah, it made me laugh so hard. That went completely over my head. I was like, oh, her TV's broken. That's too bad. (laughs) So while they're jamming out and jumping up and down and being really loud, she gets a phone call. She doesn't turn the music down, takes the call. It's David, her What's his handle again? Uh, one second, I got it. I wrote it down. It is first timer <laughs> three four five five one. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and she tells him like I'm on lockdown. I can't um, can't go anywhere. Whatever. So yeah, she's like listening to Foreigner in the background. Oh my god! And he's like, oh, like you can tell that based on their conversation, you can tell that he's like, oh, like who are you with? And she's like, oh yeah, I'm just with Booth. Mm-hmm. Like he's staying over. It's fine. NBD. Oh my, oh my god. god. Well, it was so that kind of like killed the vibe a little bit. She hangs up the phone. He stops dancing, kind of looks at her. The way he looks at her is just like, oh my god, Brittany. I'm like longing for them to get together. No, I don't want them to get together for a long time because I want it to oh, be like this for a while. Because he's like, he's like, I don't want to get in the way of. Her. He doesn't want to get in the way with her new guy. He's yeah. such a gentleman. Oh, oh my god, he's the worst. Just make a move. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impatient. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> okay. What so happens? sorry so basically that kind of kills the vibe a little bit and he's like oh mm. okay well uh you got a soda or juice because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he doesn't want water or milk even though he drank milk that one time while eating dinner yeah. with his girlfriend is she mm. still in the picture no they broke up before he went on that trip i think oh yeah anyway yeah. so he's like don't worry brennan i'll get it you just sit you just chill i'm your guest and he no, goes he's not over. her guest. He's not her guest. He said, oh, you don't have to serve I'm not me. your, not your guest. guest. You don't have to wait on me. Sorry. Yes, mm-hmm. you're right. Went, goes and grabs a glass from the cupboard, opens the fridge and. Oh, this is this so horrible. He explosion surprised me. And I've seen this episode, but I forgot this episode completely. And it like. It was so shocking when that explosion yeah. went off. And I was like, holy shit. That's crazy. Like, is he okay? Like the the fridge <sighs> door is stuck on the bottom half of his body. She grabs a blanket to like put out fire yes. on the top half of his body. Yes. Um, And she just like 
is like Booth, like is just terrified for him. Yeah. As are we, obviously. But fortunately, they don't make us wait to find out if he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we end up in the hospital in the next scene where we find out that he, I think, broke his collarbone. His arm's in a sling. So he did something with his arm. He's covered in bruises. Like he's very yes. clearly needing to be in the hospital. But Brittany, <laughs> the most more. important thing yes. is that David is shirtless right now. Oh, it's not that he has pudding. <laughs> pudding is confused. Pudding is a bonus. But David is shirtless. This is the first time we've seen him shirtless. That's true. Like, totally shirtless in the show. He looks great despite the he bruises looks, and the arm slaying and all that stuff. He looks amazing. He does look pretty good. Despite Ugh. the burns, lacerations, two broken ribs, green stick fracture of the clavicle. There we go. Mm-hmm. Brennan, for some reason, so she's looking at his x-rays because she's a nosy, <laughs> nosy woman. Oh my God. He's like sitting there so concerned yeah. about him, but then also like is interrogating him about his like past injuries because she realizes yeah. like, you were beaten when you were in the Middle East because you have these fractures on your feet, which are consistent with this super common way of torturing people in the Middle East where you get beat on the soles of your feet with pipes and hoses. Yep. He's like, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. That happened. And then we also found, find out that he tried to save a buddy of his um, by shielding him with his body Mm -hmm. um from an was it explosion or an ied or something i think yeah something like that Mm -hmm. like he lost his weapon but then he didn't even make it like this guy i guess died in his arms which is like (sighs) horrible so like really like we're already sad enough that he is injured this time but now he has all these like former injuries Anyway, he just kind of like, he's like, yeah, 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 this, this happened. And she's no. kind of like, Booth is a hero. And he starts crying. He started crying when she started talking, when he started talking about his friend who died. Did he? Yes, he was. What crying. is wrong with me? Oh my God. Well, I'm he's like pick up all that. vulnerable in his hospital. Yeah. He, he started crying. He's like, stop reading my medical journal. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you stop and just pass me the pudding? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> oh boy well kenton comes and yeah. mm-hmm. he basically uh, booth is like okay kenton like i can't look after brennan anymore because of my situation he's so he's incapacitated are, yeah yeah uh this is your job now yeah. and they end up back in the lab with angela and zach yes and zach is like mortified by the fact that booth was blown up oh everybody's upset it's very terrible they're all upset it's horrible they're all upset but zach is like this could have been you brennan the only reason Mm -hmm. he survived is because he was trying to reach for glass at the same time he was opening the fridge yeah um oh my god it's it's awful wow but they do somehow still work on the case which is good for them even though they've gone through this traumatic experience together yeah um and oh my god angela <laughs> <laughs> i actually thought this was kind of funny oh it is funny well okay so <laughs> they're, they're talking about this digital enhancement program that they're trying to 
use to back into figuring out what this bullet would look like mm-hmm. that passed through the bone in the Cugini cool. case yes. yes Cugini case yeah um, and Angela's talking to Kenton and she's like well you know I have so many more tricks than than just using this digital enhancement program <laughs> are you single or gay you don't have a ring yeah she was like are you married are you gay like was she's trying to figure out what his situation is which is not the funny part because the funny part um, it's not the funny part but she's like broke back baby i gotta ask he's like so taken aback by the fact that she would even suggest, suggest. that he's single or gay <laughs> well adam baldwin we can talk about that another it's another episode where adam baldwin's like we have to separate them the actor the man from the actor i think okay or whatever you call that or the 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 man from his parts yes that he plays because adam baldwin as a person meh not so great but uh, I like the way that Brendan's like, guys, guys, like qu- quit it. Like Angela, settle down, stop being a tramp. And Angela and then, we'll talk later. Yeah, I know. She goes, <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> that was the best part. I thought that was funny. The setup was, it was necessary though. Well, it's just like they were in school getting trouble by the teacher, you know, it was just funny. Yeah. Well, they figure out that, which I thought, so Hodgins keeps bringing in further evidence for the Cugini case, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, he, oh no, this this time he doesn't. I was going no. to say, he just kept bringing more Cugini, but no, we're done with that. So he brings yeah. in, he did an analysis of the bomb mm-hmm. um, that had gone, or the explosive that had gone off in the fridge. And they figured out that it is a perfect match to the sulfur manufactured by the chemical company that Hollings works for. So at this point, obviously it would seem like they need to go to Hollings apartment and they need to arrest him or at least question him at this point. Yes. It would appear that he planted a bomb to kill Brennan. Yes. Except they show up at his apartment and surprise, surprise, he's not there. He's, it would have, it makes the, his apartment looks like he's fled. Um, but he has some random stuff that just happens to be left behind yes there's all these random like sort of indicators that he's going to kill again like there's all these little things that uh, he's left behind uh, and then what things this... has he left well specifically he's left this map yes with like a particular area sort of uh marked in one of his drawers what else did he leave that was the main thing that he had left. I think that I think that was the main thing. Basically, they just find this map in a drawer. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. like, and literally everything else seems to be kind of cleared out. Right. Um, <laughs> I just think it's very interesting because it doesn't, it, this reminded me of, although in that case, it did lead to something. In this case, it seems suspect. But mm-hmm. there was an episode in... One of our, one of the earlier episodes where another and a bomb was included as well. A bomb was, um, what was that called? Where the the brother man in the SUV. Yes, the brother blew up the the car. Yes, and there was all this evidence lying around his apartment. Just like <laughs> and the make and model of the car. Yeah, 
<laughs> like there was like the user manual with like the dog-eared corner. Yeah, exactly. Like just seems a little too the day of the bombing marked in his yeah. calendar. Yeah. <laughs> so this kind of reminded me of that a little bit. A little which bit. Which is fine. Yeah. But basically. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Sorry. So why are you sorry? <laughs> it's okay. Zach calls Brennan and he tells her that he fa- yes. matched the grooves to the gouged out eyes to a specific key that's in Hollings's collection. Which is amazing news, except it was dipped in some chemical bath. So there's no right. organic um, evidence on it, but at least they are able to match the, the grooves. grooves or the crenellations, whatever. And yeah. Zach again expresses his worry uh yeah. for brennan he's very worried about he's been very worried about brennan since the beginning of this whole thing well like when she got shot at at the beginning and yeah then, yeah he's been keep he keeps mentioning how he's worried about her well kenton does suggest that they do go back to the lab so she's able to tell zach okay you know what i'm gonna see you in a few minutes so don't worry mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and they get into the car, but we have another scene in between, so we will get to that scene shortly. But first, what are you going to talk to me about? The best scene, other than the hot-blooded scene. Yeah, you think this is the best scene? Yes, this is the beginning of you loving Hodgins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So Hodgins comes by Booth's room. Um, he's just coming by to see how he is. Look what he's wearing. (laughs) He's wearing a toque and a leather jacket. (laughs) He looks like a 1970s burglar. (laughs) He does, actually. (laughs) You have to post that. You know what? That's going to be my... That's going to be a trivia question for this week. Oh, yeah. What was Hodgins wearing? Oh my god. Yeah, it's, it's an the brown leather outfit. jacket. It's so funny. He comes in and yeah. he's like he he is just there to visit him, which is actually extremely sweet. Yeah. I, I guess yeah. we have kind of noticed that they have been developing a bit better of a relationship than Zach. No, I this is out of the blue for me. I disagree with you. I don't know where Hodgins is all of a sudden becoming this person that visits people in the hospital. Like I just never would have yeah, thought that this would be part of his personality, but he does, it does seem and, unusual. Yeah. He just ha- wants to hang out, but he's also, you know, it's an opportunity for him to sort of brief booth on sort of details pertaining to these cases that they're working on. Yeah. Well, what's wonderful about this scene, other than the fact that um, booth won't share his pudding is that That Hodgins is spewing conspiracy theories. He's saying, well, yeah, I guess it is a little unlikely that like that the explosive would be from Hollings and Booth is jumping on board. Booth is all about the conspiracy theories. He's like, people don't change. Yeah. There's something that doesn't add up about this case. It would make no sense for Hollings to blow up her fridge exactly so at some point hodgins makes the suggestion that someone at the lab is working for the mob (laughs) and booth says you're right and hodgins is like 
what? <laughs> no one ever says that. <laughs> Everyone always thinks I'm a psycho. I so, know, right? Somehow. Yes. Booth decides to find a, to muster up all of his strength. Yeah. And he takes his blood pressure cuff off. He mm-hmm, sits mm-hmm. up and Booth is like, you're driving. Let's go. Hodgins is like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> and they are going to go figure out what's going on. But most importantly, they seem to be thinking that Kenton may not have been the best person to leave. Brent right. With. Yeah. Booth is figuring out like, He's agreeing with Hodgins that it's someone on the inside. It's definitely yes. someone on the inside. It was the inside track. He doesn't like how neat and tidy everything is like pointing to Hollings for certain things. And everything's yeah. like, even though they're two totally different cases, they're too enmeshed. Like it's weird yeah. that they're so enmeshed. So he figures it's it, Kenton has something to do with it. But my favorite part is that where he tries to rip himself out of bed and all you can hear is Velcro. It's so funny. He's like, he's so like, he's in bed, like completely wrapped up with his, all of his Velcro, like everything holding him together. And you can hear oh, yeah. the Velcro ripping, like as he's ripping himself out, like he's injured. Go. He should not be going. <laughs> no, God, no, definitely God, not. No. Um, but he needs to go because he needs to go and save Brennan who in the next scene, mm-hmm. um, has, is being held at gunpoint by Kenton. Oh my God. Uh, when she, oh, she's so, she can be obtuse sometimes. Like she gets in the car with him. Mm-hmm. You, she's a smart woman, but she doesn't think about the the fact that this seems fishy yeah that he's kenton gets on the phone is like okay make sure there's backup they spotted someone going into this building i'll don't but don't worry i'm gonna drop you off in the lab which is an obvious manipulation but she's like no no i'm coming but like he knew that she was gonna say that yeah there was no woman at an abandoned building there was no backup coming we find later um anyway so she tries to call booth or she tries to call zach sorry yeah and then she ends up with a gun on her which is really unfortunate because she's about to become another victim potentially yeah so he takes her hostage it's really terrifying because she's completely caught off guard i mean of course she trusts him like he's a friend of booth like she's familiar with them like she thought that they like she could trust him you know like she yeah. didn't even think he did have a mug was... that said world's best fbi agent <laughs> so <laughs> i would trust him i guess but the next best thing after he takes her hostage which is absolutely terrible the next scene we have booth and hodgins driving in an austin mini We've like a vintage one, not the newer kind, like no. even smaller car than it is now. And right hand drive. And Booth is so big. Like he's so big in this car and he's wearing his sweatshirt and his gold chain and he's all banged up and like he can feel every single bump that they go over. Oh, and yeah. It's just like it's and my hilarious thing is that uh, they both have their phones but Hodgins has his this early 2000s Bluetooth attachment on his ear. 
<laughs> Did you see It was that? necessary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like whatever. He's like a taxi driver by night, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. They're trying to call Brennan. She's not picking up her cell. Yeah. Booth has reached out to the FBI and found out that Kenton, like we were talking about, he never called for backup or surveillance or anything. Yeah. So Booth at this point is saying, you know what? Shit. Like we figured it out. The Kenton is bad. Like we should yeah. never, I should never have left him with Brennan. He's really beating himself up, up about, up about that. Right. Um, and they're trying to figure out where he would be taking her. Um, I need you to help me figure out how they figured out where she was because I was like, obviously Booth's in the car with Hodgins, like beating himself up for not seeing what was in front of him. Like he feels terrible that uh, Brennan's in this situation and he wants to save her. Yeah. But um, how, I guess we can talk about that. Do you want to talk about how they figured out where she was or sure. do we want to talk about what's happening at the warehouse with Kenton? Well, we can talk about how they figure it out. So in, mm. so basically, so before we end up figuring that out, before they end up figuring that out, at this point, we're jumping between um, mm-hmm. Brennan and Kenton in the warehouse. Yes. They're now right. in the warehouse. They're out of the car. Um, and then the scenes with Booth and Hodgins in this tiny little vehicle. So we're back at the abandoned warehouse at this point. Kenton still has Brennan at gunpoint. Um, he basically wants to set her up like one of Hollings' victims, mm-hmm. um, which is insane. But <laughs> he basically admits that he <sighs> killed Cugini. Yeah. Um, that he was the killer of Cugini. So that's why he needed to nip this in the bud because he, if she reverse engineered the bullet, the FBI has a shell from every weapon at issues. So they would have figured out that it was shot from his weapon, um, which is insane. <laughs> well, my question to you is, so he's going to kill Brennan, but then Zach and Hodgins and Angela yeah. also have the same evidence. So what's he going to do? Kill them too. And like yeah. break into the lab and get rid of their computers. Like uh, it, it makes seems- no sense he's like he's spiraling. crazy he's yeah. spiraling and he's he's just giving he's talking he's doing that classic like telling her his evil plan right before yeah. he kills her kind of thing it's really which is fucked up. it's fucked up but it is helpful because it gives her the opportunity to get into position to to elbow him she they have a pretty intense oh my god altercation this fight is amazing. And I was like, she's wearing handcuffs and she's like oh, yeah. going all over the place, kicking him and dropping him. And it was, I was amazing. on the edge of my seat. It was a great was action. Incredible. Scene. She does like yeah. shoulder rolls. A hundred percent. There's a gun on the so floor. Good. Yeah. She, like she, at one point she kicks him and then wraps her legs around his neck to choke him. Yeah. But then unfortunately he's able to get the gun and he pistol whips her and knocks her out. Which... All of this, of course, would have been impossible because adam baldwin is massive like he's a huge guy oh i think he's like six foot five (laughs) (laughs) like she's like five eight maybe (laughs) oh honey (laughs) i'm gonna find out how tall she is like i'm finding it right now okay you google it because i i mean listen i'm a person who fights like i spar and stuff like that and just 
a guy like that, like there's one guy I spar with, he's like six, probably probably at the same height, six, five. And he's like 300 pounds or something. And like, no, he would knock me out. Like he, we spar together and I joke around that he suffers from rock fist. I was like, you have rock fist. I can't like every time he hits you, even if it's light, it feels like you're getting hit by a rock. So there's just no way. And that's with headgear and protection and everything. And he's not even hitting me hard. So she is my exact height. She she? is five, eight and three quarters. Wow. She's taller than me. She is tall. I didn't (laughs) expect that. How tall is he? I think he's huge. I'm pretty sure he's huge. Well, I I just think about him on six foot four. Yeah. See, because he's next to Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk and all those, six, and three, even on the site. Gina Torres. She was tall too. So on Firefly. Yeah. yeah. They're, like, so these are two tall people, but he's much taller than her. He's so much big. Bigger. He's so big. So yeah, there's but no she's, way. <laughs> she's wily. She beats, she tries to get him, and you know what? Yeah. She's a survivor. She's going to fight till the end. Right. Exactly. It, it was, I like, I'm pretty sure I gasped when he pistol whipped her because I really thought that she was going to get the upper hand. I know. I don't know why I thought that. I was just hoping, I think. <laughs> but fortunately, Booth and Hodgins are on the case. So we were talking about how do they figure out where she is? Mm-hmm. So they have this map that, that we now know it was not Hollings that left it behind. We know that it was Kenton. Mm. So they have this map that was left in Hollings' apartment. Booth had reached out and said, this isn't Hollings. This is Kenton. We need to figure out, we need to figure out where he's taking Brennan because he knows that he's kidnapped her at this point. So they are using that map and then they went and canvassed the area. So they had already sent um, FBI agents there um, because Booth gets a call in this scene where they're finding out that um, an agent talked to a witness who saw a couple go into a building off of, saying off of a specific street. It was a witness. They go, yes. So then they go into that area, but they had to send agents there to canvas the area first, which Mm -hmm. seems like kind of a long process for someone who kidnapped a woman and took her to like murder her. Doesn't seem like that would take that long. Yeah. I don't know how far away the hospital is that Booth was in. What's like, how long all this is taking for uh, Kenton to divulge his evil plan? Yes. Thank God. I have no idea. Thank God he did that. My other so obviously it took a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. But then Hodgins was mad. Cause like, is there no specific specificity? Like where this place is? And then Booth's like, you know, yeah. you can't ask a crackhead to be specific. Okay. Like, obviously it's crackheads. <laughs> <laughs> They're just asking random crackheads. Like where the hell yeah. these people are. <laughs> uh, have you seen a couple go anywhere? Um, what's interesting in this scene. So we're finding out, okay, we're going to this specific location based on this nice crackhead who told us that a couple went into this building very helpful during this scene though they have the realization they come to they come to the realization mm-hmm. that hollings is dead yeah that's why he never went to go pick up the keys yeah that's why this random map was there kenton killed him yeah so he kenton they realized that kenton planted this evidence to lead them um astray basically so mm-hmm. that he could kill Brennan, which like you said, what's the end game? Because Angela has the evidence. Zach has the evidence. Anyone 
who can access the computer at the lab or has a swipe card to get onto the platform. Exactly. It's a bad plan. And it's not a good plan. Um, Kenton at this point, so we're switching back and forth. Like I said, Kenton is now with Brennan again. Brennan's bound and gagged. She's waking up and he's stringing her up. He's stringing her up. But like the exact, in the exact formation that the bodies were, that that Penny's body was found. But she's Um, terrified. And I have to give like hats off to Emily Deschanel here because she played this this whole section of the show where she's in this situation, it's absolutely yeah. terrifying. You know, as a woman, you, you know, I are women. It's like, we think we watch true crime. We know we follow it, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, it's just like, wow, what a nightmare scenario. Like it's a nightmare. It's awful. Especially she's fought back. She's done everything that she could. She's and done now everything, everything. She's just listening to this guy ramble basically. Yeah, and he yeah. confirms exactly what Hodgins and Booth had had realized in the last scene mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. he killed um, Kenton or he he sorry Hollings. he killed Hollings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he does confirm that it was the keys that were used to gouge the eyes out. Um, which Hollings was fucked. Am I allowed to use that word on Spotify? Sorry, but- of course you can. <laughs> he was unlocking the soul behind their eyes that was the reason that he used keys to gouge their eyes out oh so hollings confessed to kenton, kenton that he and did he it. kill them see okay i thank you i was a little confused because i thought mm-hmm. wait a minute did kenton kill the girl too like i was i was like mm-hmm. what's happening here because it was so enmeshed at one point that yeah. i thought did kenton set this whole thing up did he know that uh, Booth had Hollings on the hook for it last time. Anyway, it was just I was just confused for a minute. But regardless, it was mm-hmm. it was a bit confusing. I think, especially so at the point that Booth is blown up. Yeah, I'm like, okay, so that was Kenton, I guess. Yes, that gets but weird. Then it didn't right? succeed. Yeah. So then he took what's his face hostage, but he would have had to take. Hollings hostage before that to set that emotion because they found the chemicals from, from Hollings company in the yeah. explosive. Yeah. So like this was in motion for a long time, it would appear. Yeah. Anyway, but he was oh, mastermind. I love that I'll actor. Just... So it was unfortunate that he played this like psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Adam Baldwin? Adam Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So Booth and Hodgins, they pull up in their teeny tiny car to the warehouse. Mm -hmm. Um, They believe that they know which building that they're going to, they've already been going through the buildings uh, while they were on the way. Yeah. Um, So they're going to go into this next building, which they saw some activity in using thermal imagery. So uh, (laughs) the FBI's already been there. Yeah. Scouring the area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this agent that Booth talks to is like, Oh, you're not coming, Booth. I know. <laughs> this is not happening. You can't even stand. Like you can barely and... hold yourself up, Booth. Like settle, yeah. simmer down. My six month old <laughs> can sit better than you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Booth, I don't know. I guess he just has that like threatening demeanor about him. And he's like, well, guess what? I'm going. You need to give me a gun. This guy gives him a gun. I know. Gives right him in the back pocket. Let's him come. <laughs> 
I think that Brennan needs to talk to that guy about getting a gun because that was quite easy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So oh they go uh, and then a booth insists that Hodgins come with them. And he wears the vest because he wears the booth vest. Can't even booth- lifts it, he can't even lift his arms. <laughs> he can't even put his arm through the hole because he's in so much pain. Oh my God. They start running through the building, room to room. Very confusing oh scene. It's God. really terrifying because you're like, we got to find her. It's very uh, intense because, you know, we're on a time. Uh, yeah, it's really, really intense. And, and we then- see like they're switching between. So, like, we know how little time that Brennan yeah. has left because he's they're switching so they're in the building but now yeah. we're back to Kenton and Brennan and yeah. Kenton is preparing the knife and apologizing and saying I'm sorry I really am that I have to do this mm-hmm. and then Hodgins and then it cuts back to Hodgins and Booth and they're they're breaking open a, a chain fence doorway and going further into the warehouse and mm-hmm. <laughs> Booth is groaning and Hodgins is like maybe you shouldn't have had that extra pudding <laughs> so able to fit through here better it's groaning like, in pain and hodges oh like uh, yeah maybe too much pudding that oh, was really man. funny man <laughs> oh my god they have and- to keep it late we're back to kenton and brennan and the yes, two scenes but- are about to combine into one glorious There's, they're gonna scene. merge just like the two cases so yes my thing is my question is before we get to the rescue to end all rescues can't they hear the dogs barking? Yeah, they probably should have been able to. <laughs> <laughs> In theory, I don't think we even mentioned that when we were talking about this. There are there are dogs there. Yeah. Kenton has set the scene up to be identical to Penny's murder. So he has the dogs and everything, which is insane. This is definitely premeditated. <laughs> yeah, wild. You're totally right, though. You would think that they would be able to hear the dogs. Well, it's a very intense moment. And yes, there's a song playing. And I don't know if you had your subtitles on for this one, but there's a song playing that's like, you know, they're flashing between the two scenes. Brendan's absolutely terrified. She's going to die. Booth and Hodgins and the rest of the FBI guys are, you know, coming through the warehouse space. And there's a song playing. And there's lyrics on the screen, like lyrics, subtitle. Yeah. But no, no one is singing. There's no song. Like there's no, nobody's singing. (laughs) Oh, I didn't notice that. So I don't know. Sometimes I think I'll just say with licensing, like maybe it was a different song they had to put in there based on licensing rules and fees and all that stuff. It's possible. Well, do you find though generally like sometimes I'll be watching a show and the subtitles say something completely different than what the actor oh, yeah. is saying? That happened in the pilot. Oh, than the actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, you know what? Sometimes they're only human sometimes. And sometimes they're auto generated, but then there's yeah. people who actually do that for a living. And maybe yeah. they just were tired that day. You never know. Or maybe based on the script, maybe it was based on the script, but then. Yeah they're saying something that maybe flows a bit better i don't know i find that interesting uh-huh but this scene is so wonderful honestly this was such a powerful scene and really really showed the mm. love that like I'm, I'm not talking romantic love although no yes i am but i'm not allowed <laughs> to so it was um, so amazing oh my yes. god just the love that booth has 
for Brennan and the way that they are learning to lean on each other mm. literally and <laughs> figuratively. So mm-hmm. Kenton is pulling out his gun to hit Brennan to knock her out because he doesn't want her to suffer apparently because he's not like Hollings. Yeah. Okay. BS. Anyway, um, Booth enters, takes a shot at Kenton and goes immediately over to Brennan mm-hmm. and lifts her off the hook. Um, basically has her bear her entire weight on his body, which he can't even hold up his own body, which is just unbelievable. Yeah. And they fall to, they fall to their knees and he's just saying, it's okay. It's all over. I'm right here. Yeah. Yeah. And she is bawling and just like yeah. they have holding this on to him for dear yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It was and amazing. Of course, it ends with a joke, which we need, I think, because at this point, we all just want to ball our eyes out because this was <sighs> insane. Yeah. Um, but Brennan is looking at Booth and is like, How did you get out of the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> and Booth is like, Well, Hodgins gave me a ride, but um, if you could give me a ride back, that would be appreciated. <laughs> I'm gonna need a lift back to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. the whole thing was amazing because he runs over to her. She's strung up on one of these sort of hooks, and he tries to lift her off the hook, but he can't lift her because he's too injured. So yeah. he gets her off the hook by going between her arms. So she has to, he has to lift her whole body, like you said, and her arms are around him, and it was just like. He's so, oh, I don't know. He just know. cares I, for her so deeply that it, it, like, he forgot all of his pain in that moment. Oh, 100%. And he was just, they were just, like, he was so, they were both so happy to, you know, yeah, ha- be there, like, be, I don't know. How do you describe that when you're just so relieved? Yeah. You know? I think if anyone else had saved her, she would have been appreciative, but the reaction that she gave was the way it was because it was Booth. And I think it had to be Booth to yeah, save her. Exactly. Oh, Made me cry. Made me cry. Same. I'm like getting teary just thinking about it. I know. It I could watch that scene, scene over and over again. I just think yeah. it's so, I think it's been on the internet. Everybody knows the scene. This is the classic I'd, I'd never watched this show before and I know this scene like it's yeah it is the epitome of like um it's amazing he's a true knight in shining armor in this moment yeah. and she's just like completely so grateful for him rescuing and him. maybe we will talk about this in future episodes because perhaps this was the turning point for their relationship as colleagues and friends well how could it not be how could it not be yeah this like is, if it's somebody such a saves your scene yeah if somebody saves your life like that like yeah, yeah. you're yeah honestly even the next scene i really enjoyed oh, Brittany. this <laughs> i really like this scene truly the most intimate of them so tell me happens? all about it oh okay okay so yeah i guess he got his ride back to the hospital because the next scene is at the hospital he's in bed <laughs> where he belongs <laughs> And Brennan is there in a chair next to him. I thought it was weird how she was sitting kind of facing, like sitting next to the bed, not facing him, talking to him. It was like she was kind of like steering ahead and she had a big bandage on her head and she's kind of dressed up in this nice 
little dress. So they're kind of debriefing each other on the situation a little bit. Like they're having a moment where Booth is telling her about Kenton uh, fessing up to everything, basically admitting to all of the, all of his guilt. Yeah. And he, Booth says he feels really terrible for not seeing it sooner for not seeing the obvious that was right in front of him. And she tells him like, no, don't like you saved my life and don't even think like that. Yeah. And she gets a call from what's his handle. Uh, we call him David now, but uh, his real David. name is first timer <laughs> three, four, five, five, one. First timer three, four, five, five, one calls her David and they're planning to go on a date. So she's going to leave him leave Booth in his hospital bed to watch TV and she's going to go on her date. And he was laughing. He's like, Oh, well, I guess I should have known you hadn't didn't dress up just to visit me, you know? So she leaves and then he, and I'm watching. heartbroken. Well, it was, <laughs> it was an interesting scene. Cause so, so she leaves and he's fine with it because dave's a gen or dave sorry booth's a gentleman and of course he's gonna let her go whatever he puts on the tv and it's a movie called the grapes of wrath it's a henry fonda movie from the 50s and it's kind of a romantic scene in the movie or whatever and he's just sitting there looking kind of lonely and there's like a very short beat like a moment and then she walks back into the room and she says she postponed her date. She's rescheduled because she still has a bit of a headache. <laughs> and she wants to spend time with him, but doesn't want to admit it. Maybe. Well, I understand that pull because they had a very intense moment. He saved her life. She almost died. You know, like, yeah. of course, you're going to feel beholden or like, ob not obligated, but you know, yeah, you want to spend Some time sense with this of, Yeah, like you, I would feel bad to just leave him alone there. in a hospital room. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. so alone. Hospital rooms are the worst. The fact that he has a whole room to himself and a TV and all that is pretty posh, actually. Extremely nice. Especially <laughs> like he's paying, hopefully he has good insurance because otherwise this is the United States uh, of America. I hope so. <laughs> Jesus, Murphy. So she walks back in and they watch a movie together. Isn't that nice? And it's so sweet. Although she That's tries nice. to lean in toward him. And he's like, um, yeah, my arm really hurts. We <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. What'd you that's think? That's it. I love this episode. I think that it was extremely well done. I think at times it was a little bit confusing, like which scene or which uh, victim we were talking about. But they did a, they, I would say they did a pretty good job with keeping them sort of separate and then when it was when the time was right then they showed mm -hmm. us why these cases were being presented together yeah it was think? well very well written i loved all the humor i just want to say the director of this episode it's interesting that you mentioned this earlier is the same one for man in the suv episode two is it really and he also did 
One of my favorite ones, uh, Man and the Bear. Oh, I love that episode. Which was a very funny episode. Yeah. Where there was a lot of backing and forthing and quippy dialogue. And it was just, I thought that was interesting that there was an explosion in the second episode and then the quippy dialogue in the fourth episode. And then we have both in this one. Yeah. Um, and that's a really, that's a good, uh, that's a good observation. I didn't realize that that was the same. Well, he's, well, he's also the Canadian, he's a Canadian guy and he has done a ton, a ton of stuff. And now I guess he, he focuses mainly on, uh, directing documentaries for charities. That's what he does. Interesting. Yeah, it's like quite fascinating, wow. actually. Yeah. So I, it was exciting. I, uh, I loved like Adam Baldwin showing when he showed up. I was like, no way. I was just like, oh, yeah. Wild. I was the same. Wow. I was so happy. <laughs> I love, he plays <laughs> such a good character on Chuck. If you do not watch Chuck, you should go watch it right now to anyone listening. Oh my God, Chuck was great, man. And it's similar to, well, on Firefly, he was like sort of violent and everything, but he's always a little bit funny. Like he has a very, uh, like a funny edge to him, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like he, he's supposed to be playing these like macho men, but he's got like this expression every so often. <laughs> anyway, he's, he's a hoot. I like him. This episode was amazing, classic. Yes. I loved Booth in it through and through. He was amazing. He was like always impressing me. Like I remember when we first started watching this and how I felt that maybe they hadn't figured out who Booth was yet. Yeah. You know, for a second episode type of thing. But he's really becoming this well round, like full well-rounded character that i i really enjoy watching i'm watching him oh, grow sure. and commute the way they he and brennan are communicating is and now with this intense uh life-saving life yeah you know because he he's bonding experience he almost died in her apartment yeah she almost died getting shot at then she yeah. almost died being strung up and murdered like it's this wild. Is what in the span of like a few days if, a few days if that's that, a lot that's a lot of a trauma lot. yeah trauma bonding <laughs> i'm sure it doesn't hurt that he also was not wearing a shirt in this episode oh, of honey mind. kelly listen <laughs> he looked listen david i just want you to know <laughs> i'm not a perv okay i'm just saying i i I know what everybody was on about, you know, like oh, I yeah. didn't understand why everybody was so crazy about this guy until I started watching Buffy. And then this, I was like, Oh, okay. I yeah. get it. I get it. You know, oh, for he, sure. he has that magnetism. Like I know it's not the same, but like Johnny Depp, honestly, like he's, he's, he's after this whole Johnny Depp thing's done. Yeah. He's going to be fine. He'll be oh fine. yeah i think so too oh my god we could talk for hours which i should well, not he's, do because i should go to bed but i should johnny too. depp versus amber heard <gasps> can i just say one thing like i you know believe all women okay fine yes we can agree that both of them are toxic narcissists and have all kinds of issues 
Yes. Terrible dynamic, awful chemistry. I've had relationships like this where it was just, just feeding off that negative uh, yeah. dynamic. Like it just was like, how much will this person tolerate? How much will this person put up with, you know, and you just yeah. constantly testing that it's terrible place to be. Yeah. And Johnny has addiction issues, which is a whole other ball of wax. I think she does too. A hundred percent. People are accusing her of doing coke sitting on the stand. I watched that video and I don't have any experience with cocaine, but as a person with zero experience, she looks like she's definitely doing cocaine. Like it does look (laughs) like that. I mean, I would never do that. Like, no, but really I would get caught. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I, she, well, that, that, that goes to her. If she is doing that, that goes to what you were saying that she, well, they both are like huge narcissists. Yes. That she would even think that she could get away with it. Well, there's that, but also Johnny has a magnetism, like on the stand, he had a way that was very magnetic. He has a chemistry. Very like, calm. Yeah. He just has a, something about him. That's very unique. And I honestly, I can't stand look listening to her. I'm sorry. Well, she it's been proven that she is a liar on multiple things that she said. Which so means who knows how much of it what is the hell? a lie, which is sad. Like, I feel kind of bad for these people. Like it's just yeah. now it's just getting to the point where okay. It's not entertaining anymore. Now it's it's just just sad. Now it's sad and tragic. And yeah, like, can we move on, please? And can you get some help? (laughs) Go get some help, you know? Um, Yeah. If that case could end and if Britney Spears could stop posting naked photos, then all would be right with the world. Wow. Wow. Like free Britney, but are we freeing all of Britney? (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you think she's pregnant? I love that you're asking me this question because I have a theory that she's not actually pregnant. Some people say it's a total hoax. I think it's a total hoax. I think she's screwing with people. But if that is the case, as a person who did not get pregnant easily, I think that that is a huge slap in the face to the people. If, if she is faking a pregnancy, that's a huge slap in the face to the people who are trying to conceive and or like struggling with infertility or whatever Mm -hmm. so i think that that would be a disaster but i also think that she's not pregnant (laughs) it would be a pr disaster but i if she's doing it it's not to do that to people who are no she's doing it to get back at yeah the media exactly at this point you know yeah but then who is she at this point what is she doing like she's a wild why why is she (laughs) (laughs) it's like she posted her most recent one of her most recent posts is literally just her completely naked with like five pictures the same picture the same photo with five different of photos. her just holding her boobs and her coochie covered with a like a <laughs> thing <laughs> it's it's a lot it's wild it's hot but i like i kind of like this how so the idea of celebrity is kind of dissolving and like yeah. this idea that this is all bullshit and why do we pay these people so much money and like yeah what's going on like something has to change you know the age of social media i think has kind of created that dynamic where it's like what are these people doing like what's so special about these people 
Well, like big stars, like, yes, I could, I could, why can't I make a million dollars? Why, why do they get it? You know what I mean? Like, it's like one of those things where you hear about this lavish, these lavish lifestyles that I'm just like, why? Yeah. How did that happen? (laughs) Everything from Elon Musk buying Twitter for billions of dollars to like, this just makes me believe this is why I want to live in Star Trek times because money isn't her thing. Yeah. And there's no money is nothing, you know, at the end of the day. So, well, I don't know how to end these episodes. It's terrible. I I, we have to figure out a way to say goodbye to people. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Guatemala. Oh, Squintcast. <laughs> That's perfect. I'm going to use that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins! <laughs>